You may be seated. We are blessed to live in a great nation, America, and to have the freedoms that we have. And I know in all of her problems, and I know she does have a lot of problems, and yet she has been a beacon of hope for a, a lot of the world, if you will. Um, and while that's good, there is a greater beacon than America, and that is the cross. Amen? Amen. And I am thankful that um, we know the Lord and that we can uh, serve him. And I, I'm going to kind of go back in... Um, if if I can, and I know some of you may remember some of this, but uh, I'm going to be looking at a, a book that I started preaching out of in August, and I preached two times out of it, and um, because it has three chapters, and I hurried through the last chapter saying, I'll come back to it, and so I wanted to... Uh, come back to that and it's the book of embrace or wrestle or grab hold and uh, I want to we're going to baptize Jesse uh, here in a few moments and we're thankful that he is here and that all of you are here but I, I wanted to give us kind of one last shot especially at chapter 3 it's a very short book but it's the most quoted book from the Old Testament. Well, I'm glad we are growing apostolic legacy, and I appreciate all of our young people. It's the, the great book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And I know while I, I know that the, the word itself means to embrace or cling or, you know, hug, and it is the story that was written. It's, it's a unique book in the Old Testament in that it, it, has, it appears to have no, the writer Habakkuk does not write it to people. He's not saying this to people, but it's his grappling with God or his sort of, uh, if you will, uh, journey in talking directly to God. And he goes through four main questions. The, and the biggest one, uh, well, the first one, let's say that, is God, where are you when I need you? And that's an important question. God, where are you? And that's how he starts off his book. And then he goes to, when, why do bad things happen to good people? And he, he deals with that, with God. And then the third question is, why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? And then his last question is really, 
found in chapter 3 when he asked, basically he is trying to say, will I make it through this trial? Will I make it? And maybe you've never wrestled with that. Lord, I don't understand. I can't figure it out. I don't, I don't get it. Why is this going? I don't understand. I don't understand God's plan. I don't understand what glory he's going to get. I don't understand what he's doing. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, you know, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. It's not, I don't get it. And yet, read Habakkuk because what he did was the word itself means to, uh, it's Hebrew, Shabbat, uh, and it means to grab, to wrestle. It's like when Job wrestled with God in Genesis 32. It's like in Ecclesiastes when it says there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. It's the same Hebrew word, the embrace. Acts, the 11th chapter, it's written in Greek, but it says, who when he came had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. And so it is that sense of when you are, you know, talking to God, the main question that you have to have is, Lord, I'm going to have to cleave to you. I've got to somehow cleave to you. I've got to grab hold of you. And I mentioned the chapter one, the burden. Why doesn't God answer? Why do people keep getting in violence? Why does God tolerate evil? And so you see, he's wrestling with the problem of faith and sobbing faith. He's crying. He's grappling with problems. And then he begins to get an answer, but he begins to say, you know, I, I see the solution in chapter two and then chapter three is this final prayer, the assurance of faith, the, and I, I said singing faith or glorying in assurance. And that's what we're going to focus on is chapter three. But you'll notice uh, in chapter one, and we, we preached about this in August, for those of you who remember, it was the burden, how long shall I cry? You, I see violence, you've shown me iniquity, I see spoiling, I see violence, I see strife, I see contention, the law is slack, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it, the point was, we could have written that about 2023. We could have said, I don't understand it. Why do people think the way they think? Why do they vote the way they vote? Why do they act the way they act? Why do they get by? Now, you probably didn't have any of those thoughts. But Habakkuk had those. And then in chapter 2, he goes on to say, they're thieves, they're covetous, they're proud, they're criminals, they're murderers, they're oppressors, they're drunkards, they're immoral, they're violent, they're idolaters, they're false worshipers. Sounds like 2023. We have a few security cameras around the church and mine's going off all the time. There are people out walking the streets and someone, Sister Susan Ninover said, Pastor, they're up to no good. In this neighborhood, residential, oh, that's, I, I'm sorry, that Habakkuk's time, not our time. 
And yet chapter 3 of Habakkuk opens with these words. You can read them for yourself. A prayer, everybody say prayer. prayer. Of Habakkuk the prophet on Shiganah. Everybody say Shiganah. Now that's a word that's unusual. Shiganah. Or Shigayah. I don't know. Maybe it's Shigayah in Hebrew. I always pronounce these about 18 different ways. So in case, but we'll just say Shiganah. It's the only place in the Old Testament where that word is used in the text. There are places that that same Hebrew word is used in the title of Psalms. And I'll show you that. But this is the only place it's used in a text. Shiganah. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. Everybody say afraid. O Lord, revive thy work. Revive us in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make known. Sorry, jumped one. In wrath, notice what he says. In wrath, remember what? Mercy. God came from Teman. Everybody say from Teman. And the Holy One from Mount Paran. Everybody say Paran. And then there's a word that you see a lot of times in Psalms, Selah. What does that word mean? Stop. Think about this. Ruminate on it. Consider it. So we'll We'll do that. God came. Revive your works in the midst of the years. Make known in wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Shiganah. I told you it is found in Psalms. Actually, Habakkuk, a lot of scholars believe, could have been one of the Levitical singers of the old temple. It was written about 600 years before Christ. It was written after the Assyrian army had captured the northern ten tribes. And now the Babylonian army is gathering on the doorsteps to overrun the southern two tribes. They're going to go into Babylon. Daniel will be there. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And Habakkuk maybe one of the singers. And the reason we say that is the last verse of the third chapter. It's not my word. The last verse of the third chapter says, the Lord God is my strength. 
He will make my feet like hinds feet or deer, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. And then it has this closing phrase at the end of Habakkuk, to the chief singer on my stringed instrument. So, maybe Habakkuk was, as I said, one of those singers, and we understand that he said this word, a shiganah, a shiganah, and a prayer that became a shiganah. Uh, the title, if you have an old Bible and you use your old Bibles like this with paper, and you go to Psalms, the seventh chapter, there are titles over some of the chapters. Most of the most of the online or uh, applications don't cover these, although some do. It is, it is just sort of a, one of those that you never know um, if, it, if it is there. But um, if you have an old Bible and you uh, uh, read this uh, right up here in the title of chapter 7, what is that first word? Right here in the title. Yep. It, it says uh, a sugar John uh, or a single, a sugar John, a sugar John of David, which he sang to the Lord. Go ahead, read all of that. A sugar John of David. Which he sang unto the Lord concerning the words of Cush the Benjamite. <clears throat> a sugar John, chapter 7 says, a shigayon of David, which he sang unto the Lord concerning the words of Cush the Benjamite. So this is not, not me telling you this. This is, you find it in a Bible that just has titles to the songs. And so this song is probably written about Saul because the name Cush, uh, his father was named Kish, but that's probably not why he taught, calls him Cush the Benjamite. But Saul was, in fact, from the tribe of Benjamin, and his, uh, he was uh, from this tribe of Benjamin, and he was um, uh, called, he, David called him here Cush the Benjamite probably because the word Cush means black. And so he was saying that, you know, Saul, this black mark. Could have been Shimei, because Shimei, you remember the man that cursed David? When Ahithophel, when he was running from uh, Absalom, and David was cursed by Shimei? Well, could have been that he, in 2 Samuel, the 16th chapter, this could have been written about either could have been written about Shimei or could have been written about Saul. Those are the two prominent Benjamites that were evil toward David. And, and so he calls them uh, the Cush uh, of the tribe, the Benjamite. And so you read Psalm 7. It is this, it is a prayer that becomes a song his burden, his horrible issues. And now he becomes this prayer 
Now, you say, I don't get all of that. Well, let me, let me, I, I'm, I know I, this is probably why I didn't talk about it all because it's rather deep. I hope you have your waders on. But tifla is the word for prayer. Tifla is used numerous times in the Old Testament as it talks about prayer. It, it is found in the title of five of David's songs. If you ever want to pray a Tifla prayer, you look at Psalm 17, Psalms 86, Psalms 90, Psalms 102, and Psalms 142. And you can say, all right, in the title, it will say a prayer, a tifla, the same word that Habakkuk said in the chapter 3 and verse 1 when he says a prayer. So you can write those down and pray those prayers. It's also used numerous times in verses in Psalms, such as when Psalms 142, a tifla prayer is an intense prayer. It is a determined prayer. It is a passionate prayer. It is one when you are faced with overwhelming things that are going on against you. David prayed this when Saul was coming after him or when either Shimei. It is how to get yourself realigned into the presence of God. You may not realize it, but the enemy's job is to throw anything he can at you for you to step out of recognizing who you are and where you are and who's got it all under control and who's got the world in the palm of his hand and it takes us sometimes to pray an intense prayer that turns from prayer into praise. Amen. You say, well, I've never had it that rough. Praise the Lord, I'm thankful. <laughs> but if you have ever been overwhelmed and pounded and pounded and questioned, David said, pray a tifla. Pray, if Psalms 142 is an example of that kind of praying. He says, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. I make supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble when my spirit was overwhelmed. And then, but you see, it's okay to pray it. It's okay to pray it. But at some point, you have got to have the tifla turn into a Shiganaw. Shiganaw. What are you saying? It's got to turn from just that intense praying and that's where people stop. They get down and they pray and they pray and pray my guts out and then I get up and I say, well, God didn't do anything. Think about it. Ah, boom, 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 boom. God didn't do anything. Because I haven't flipped it around into a Shiganaw. It's got to then become a praise. You can say, I, gotta, I don't have anything to praise God for. Let's see what Habakkuk praised God for. We went through it. David said, thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. <clears throat> what Paul told him in Ephesians he said, be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be what? Filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself in songs and hymns and spirit. 
spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks <laughs> always, always, always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. When it says that Habakkuk said, I was afraid, the word there doesn't mean that I was trembling in fear over the Babylonians coming. It's what he saw that caused reverence. Proverbs, the ninth chapter, the fear of the Lord is what? Beginning of, beginning of wisdom. You say, well, I'm afraid that it's going to crash. I'm afraid that stock market. I, listen, get in the presence of the Lord and you won't worry about any of those fears Amen. because there's a greater fear. I'm just telling you. I'm just being honest. You start having, you know, tr trouble in your hip and you think, oh, my Lord, it's arthritis. You can get afraid of that. And you know what? It can be very serious. But let a rattlesnake crawl up your other leg. <laughs> Woo, you're healed. <laughs> Because I have a bigger fear of that. Huh? That's how fear works. The biggest fear takes over every other fear. That's why fear the Lord. It overcomes every other fear. That's why he said it's the beginning of wisdom. Now, let, let, me, let me go on. I know. It's, it's, we're going to baptize, so hang on to it. Teman. It's a place in the south. In the south. Uh, in, it's in Edom. Now, Edom is a derivative of Adam. Flesh. You remember what it said? God came from Teman. That's what Habakkuk saw in the midst of the Babylonians are coming. Everything. He sees a vision of 600 years before Jesus came. He sees a vision of God coming from Adam. He says, his glory shall shine from Mount Paran. Mount Paran is always associated with Mount Sinai. It was the mountain where the glory of God came. And then he said, Selah, stop and think about this. God came from Teman and his glory from Mount Paran. Mount Paran, De Deuteronomy, the 33rd chapter, the blessing when Moses was dying, the man of God blessed the children of Israel before his death. And you know what he said? The Lord came from Sinai, rose up from Seir unto them, and he shined forth from Mount Paran and came with 10,000 
of his saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. What are you saying? I'm saying when you have and you are praying. At some point, it's got to shift your focus from all the questions that you're asking. Why is this going on? Why is that happening? Why is this going on? I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. To all of a sudden, it's got to start focusing you on what are you saying? I see the Lord high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. Oh, but you don't understand. You got the Babylonians are coming, the Assyrians. I have been intensely praying. I've been carrying a burden. I've been struggling. And now my focus, my eyes on, I see God coming from Mount Teman, from Teman and from Mount Paran. What are you saying? This mystery, that's why, that's why later Jesus would say, the prophets saw my day and did what? They got just a vision that one day God is going to come from Adam. And his glory is going to shine forth from Mount Paran. What are you saying? I'm saying that in this midst of this whatever trial you're in, that's why Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And here it is. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. What are you saying? We understand the mystery of godliness. If there was ever anybody that ought to know how to shift into praise. We're talking about people that didn't have the kind of relationship with God that we have. That were overwhelmed and beaten up and battered. But they got a vision of God is coming. God is coming. Galatians, Paul said, even when we were children in bondage under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of woman, made under the law to redeem them under the law whereby we receive the adoption of sons and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son Son, into your heart, whereby crying, Abba, Father. What are you saying? I'm saying I don't care what family you were raised in. I don't care what your past was. That's why we're going to baptize Jesse today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. And we know that he has the gift of the Holy Ghost to flow through him. You all of a sudden have something else besides just living this life as a family 
family member of your family or an American, although I love the country, but now I am a citizen of another place, a citizen of glory. He would say, Paul would write in Romans, the earnest expectation of the creature is awaiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until now. <laughs> what are you saying? And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope. Hope that is not seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, we in patience wait for it. Likewise the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we don't know how to pray. And the Spirit inside begins to pray through us in groanings that cannot be uttered and it searches the hearts and the nose and the mind. What are you saying? When I have been sobbing and burning and praying and then all of a sudden the spirit begins to take forth and it's no longer me praying but Shiganoth, a spiritual song. Oh God. It may sound like amazing grace. It may not have a tune at all. But you just begin to groan and utter and to say, Lord, you begin to let the Holy Ghost flow through you. And that's why David would say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy, what? Cometh in the morning. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Search what and what manner Simon Peter wrote time the spirit of the Lord of Christ was in them did signify notice this verse when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow what are you saying I may be going through it now one of these days I'm walking down a street of gold. One of these days, huh? What, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden, I'm focusing on, I know the Lord's coming again. I know, huh? I know God's got all of this under control. It may seem like it's out of control. Oh, that's why. What did Simon call Jesus? He says he calls him the day star. Why? Because the day star shines he says as the light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the day star arises in your heart that's why these old testament prophets that were faced with captivity 
situation, sin. Yet, what did they focus on? The Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which is what? We are able to have God in us, not just with us. You can have the Holy Ghost in you, flowing through you. That's why you say, the glory, I'm ready for the glory. I'm ready for the relief. I'm ready for the glory to shine. I'm ready for it to be over. Stir up this thing that's inside. Let me tell you how powerful this glory is that's inside you. It's coming up on Christmas time. Shepherds were out in a field keeping watch over their flock. I'll switch it. Y'all know the scriptures. What was it? By night. And alas, the angel of the Lord came on them. And the, all of a sudden, in the middle of the darkest night, the glory of the Lord is able to shine. And they were afraid. And the angel said, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great. The Romans are defeated. The Republicans are no longer, the Democrats are no Let me tell you what the good tidings of great joy was. It had nothing to do with the Romans. It had nothing to do with you're going to have money in your bank account. It had nothing to do. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And you keep reading, and suddenly there was an angel, multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. What are you saying? If the Lord doesn't do one more thing for any of us, there is enough glory inside of us if we'll stir it up. That's why Paul would tell Timothy, Timothy, God didn't give you that spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And then you know what he would say? Pray until you get it. He said, stir up that gift that was in you by the laying on of hands. Poor old Habakkuk didn't have the Holy Ghost like we do. But he got a vision. Someday the Lord is going to come from Mount from Teman. He's going to come as Adam and he's going to break forth in glory. 
You know what? I'll read through the rest of the third chapter tonight. I know we've got to baptize. But if you read the rest of this third chapter, you know what it says? That glory of the Lord is going to start marching across the globe from Israel to Samaria to Judea to the uttermost part. For Habakkuk saw it 600 years before Jesus got here. And he said, there's going to be a glory that's going to spread. Oh, what are you talking about? Here we are in the United States. I'm fixing to go to Australia and been to Philippines and go to Malaysia. And there are people in China that'll be there that'll be worshiped. Let me tell you something. The glory of the Lord is circling the globe. It's marched all the way around the world. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm here to tell you... What Habakkuk saw was what we're living today. Say, but I'm overwhelmed. Go back and read Habakkuk. Say, Lord, fill me with your glory. I want to pray till I press through to a shiganah. I want to pray till I have a song come from my innermost being. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. Let's stand. Hallelujah. I don't know where you are. I don't know if you've had questions in your own mind that the enemy's tried to put you under. But the altar is open. If you've never repented of your sins, you've never been buried in Jesus' name, you don't have that glory of the day star in you, the altar is open. I want you to come.